0: The last couple of weeks on the podcast, I've talked a lot about the coronavirus. Screw that. We're not going to talk about that this week because we're going to explore things that have nothing to do with that this week on the non coronavirus episode of Take a Shower, Show Up On Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Let's go. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. Uh, There's a lot of extra time to listen to the podcast and this podcast and Fallon's and Steve's and Tina's and Jenny's. And I appreciate you listening to ours. I went back the other day just really quick and listened to the March 9th episode of our morning show podcast. Just check out the first 20 minutes and you can see how fast the world has changed in that amount of time. But that's the only reference we're going to make of anything related to what's going on in the world today. Because if you want to find that, you can find it. I have been eBaying my ass off. I found uh, things around the house that I'm like, wow, this is something we totally could get rid of. Um, I found an old Atari Lynx game from, you don't remember this, from the early 90s, and I sold that, got a couple hundred dollars for that one. I found a bunch of Nintendo 3DS, like the portable games, uh, the cartridges, dozens of them, 41 games that Carson and I had accumulated over the years of playing 3DS, Put them on eBay. Somebody offered me $200 for them, and I'm like, boom, sold. So, you know, it's kind of a good time to maybe, if you get bored of doing the same thing, I have two suggestions. Number one, uh, sell some of the crap around your house on eBay or Mercari. Mercari sucks for me. I've never had any luck with that. Um, And maybe it works better for you. Um, And another one is if you're bored sitting at the same place, doing your work in the same place, move it around a little bit. I just moved into the home office where I'm doing the podcast instead of in Allison's room just to kind of give myself a change of pace. So um, that's something. We did a Zoom meeting today for Easter. Uh, it's like a Zoom family little get-together with Allison and her pregnant belly and her husband and Chase and Maddie. Happy birthday, Maddie, today. And Carson and Susan and Beth and Marcus. And we just had a great time. And we watched Carson do his Easter egg hunt while I followed him around with the camera getting him on Zoom. So we just had a really good time. So this week on the podcast, we're going to talk about um, a couple of things in the history of KDWB because I had a really good response to this one a couple of weeks ago when I talked about the Last Chance Summer Dance concert that was a disaster and it's kind of a little bit of KDWB history and... uh, I think it was Fallon who said, Dave, you've been here for 27 years. 27 years, it'll be the first week of June. And um, you remember a lot of things that happened at KDWB that nobody remembers or n- not a lot of people know about or that people want to reminisce about so she said you should do some podcasts and, and talk about some of that history and I said but I love lecturing people I love telling people how to live and she said Dave screw you No, that never that conversation never happened she said the history thing but I never talked about the the lecturing people because God knows if there's anything that I don't want to sound like I'm doing it's lecturing on this podcast and sometimes I worry that I get into that but let's talk about some of the things that KWB historically has seen over the years. And it is very interesting because back in the, in the, the uh, I don't know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, and even into the 90s and part of the 2000s, uh, our choices for entertainment were much more limited. As the decades went on, instead of having, you know, just radio and TV, well, then we had radio and cable. Then pretty soon we had radio and and satellite radio, and then we had Dish TV, then we had, of course, the DVD and the VHS tape and all these things that that kind of like the, the audience for all media got kind of spread around, like you're spreading peanut butter on a piece of bread, and at first there's a whole lot of peanut butter because the bread slice is very small, so then you get it as it spreads out, there's not as you know many people listening to any of these are all sharing the audience. But radio is interesting because people have been predicting the death of radio for a long time. But uh, right now, as of like this month, radio listening is up 29% which I think is really it talks to the connection that your local DJs have, whether you listen to our show all the time or whether you listen to another morning show or whether you listen to you know Elvis Duran or Ryan Seacrest or whoever, that connection we have with the people who listen to our show, especially if they live there in your market and talk about things that you relate to. We really enjoy that. So uh, uh, thanks for listening. 29% more. I think that's awesome. Uh, but back in the day, KWB did a whole lot more Um, We had a lot more money um, and we did just like a lot of crazy stuff. Like I remember we gave away a purple Corvette one time when I first moved here. Um, uh, Obviously, we couldn't find a red one. Was it? Maybe it was a red one. Maybe it was a red Corvette. I remember it as a purple Corvette and people had to put their hands on it and touch this car nonstop. I think they got a five minute bathroom break and to eat every hour, but it went for days and then finally somebody won this Corvette. We haven't done a lot of things like that, but I'm going to tell you some late, lately, anyway. But I'm going to tell you some of the things that we've done on KDWB that are somewhat, you know, historic as far as a radio station goes. These are in no order, and I'll probably skip around from year to year. And you'll remember some of these, and some of them you won't. I'm going to start with probably the craziest picture in the history of KDWB. Now, there's been a ton of pictures. There's one I think that up at like Saint Michael. In the 60s or so, they built like a four-story KDWB snowman. They built it around like a telephone pole or a light pole or something like that to support it. And there's a picture floating around that shows all these students like climbing halfway up on this giant, I don't know if it was four stories. It could have been this giant snowman. So that was kind of cool. That was before my time. But one thing, there's a picture that is floating around, and I will put this on... Um, the Facebook page, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time and Don't Steal Anything, is Pat Eberts my old partner on the show back in the 90s, on the brink of Niagara Falls. And when I say he's on the brink of Niagara Falls, he literally is. Here's what happened. Uh, Pat got arrested that day because he had climbed over the railing at Niagara Falls and got arrested by the Park Service Police. And uh, he was, like, booked and uh, whatever and then fined. And uh, got in trouble because you are not allowed to climb over the rail at Niagara Falls. Well, he what had happened was he had gone to New York for the Vikings Buffalo Bills game, and that's a, there's a story behind why, but it's not that interesting. So I'll keep moving. Um, but it was Friday morning, and he had some time to kill, so he drove to Niagara Falls from Buffalo. He's on a cell phone. He's like, "Can you? I'm holding the phone out, Dave. Can you hear the falls?" And I was egging him on saying, nah, Pat, I really can't hear it. Climb over the rail. So he climbs over the rail, gets closer. And in this picture, I'm going to look at it right now. It's astounding that he's right there on the lip of this. Let me find it really quick. It'll take me like three seconds to find it because I actually called it Pat at Niagara Falls. Okay, where the hell is it? (laughs) There it is, Pat at Niagara Falls. Uh, And there he is. He is on a rock about a foot and a half away from slipping, it's snow-covered, the falls are right behind him, and he's wearing a black KDWB letter jacket. Um, wow, that is crazy. So check that out on um, Facebook. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. So there was one event, and that, boy, that got a lot of talk. Pat was arrested one more time when he we, for some reason, had him lay down in front of the escalator in an office building downtown live on the radio. And I don't remember why, but he got arrested. Uh, There was one other arrest during our show. And this one I felt bad about. It was um, uh, not too long after 9-11. And we had a guy uh, doing a stunt for us. And he tried to get into Hazelden Golf Course. They were doing a big national tourney there um, with a uh, chainsaw. And they laughed and they kind of said, no, sorry, go away, ha, ha, ha so he took it over by the parking lot and he started the chainsaw up was immediately swarmed by like officials and chaska police and god knows what and he disappeared for about eight hours we didn't hear from him he didn't answer his phone for about eight hours he was arrested he had to do 80 hours of community service so those are some of the events uh shout out todd by the way he was the guy who did that some of the events that uh, that we remember i'll give you a couple of more um We did a car giveaway about 20 years ago. And if I remember right, we did it with Denny Hecker. And it was, let's say, it was a new Chevrolet or whatever it was. I don't remember. So four people won their way into the car. And we called it Live In It and Win It. And it went horribly wrong, and I'll tell you why. So the idea was four people were supposed to live in the car, eat in the car, sleep in the car, until they couldn't take it anymore, and they'd get out. They'd say, like, I'm done, I drop. And whoever was in the car last would win the car. So we thought, well, this is going to last probably, you know, a couple of weeks. They'll get a five-minute break every hour, again, go to the bathroom, whatever. But they're going to have to entertain themselves, and they think they could bring maybe one personal item. I'm not sure if they could bring a book, or maybe they had no book. I don't know. So we put them at the Denny Hecker dealership, and we said, this is going to be great, and Denny Hecker's people... You know, back when Denny was a very respected name in town, um, they uh, said, this is great. We're going to get some publicity. We're going to have some fun. Somebody's going to walk away with a car, drive away with a car. This is going to be great. Four people in the car want to say two young men and two young women. When I say young, 20s, early 30s. So they're in the car and uh, they go through day number one. And we had an intern there probably a 20-year-old you know, college student there to watch them in the middle of the night to make sure they weren't sneaking out or you know whatever, just to keep an eye on them to make sure they were following the rules. So one guy, probably 22, 24 years old, decided that the way he was going to win was to really fuck with the other people in the car. And here's what he did. He would take pop, like Pepsi, Coke, and dump it on the floor of the car and say, I'm ruining your car. Do you still want this car? He would dump it down the seats. He would dump it down, you know, probably not down the vents, but in the seats, on the floor, whatever. And he's like, do you still want this car? You don't want this car as much now, do you? Then he decided a good tactic would be to threaten the other people in the car. If you don't let me win, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to fucking kill you. If you don't let me win, I'm going to kill you. So overnight, on night number one, the other three people dropped out. And the contest was over. This contest that was supposed to be for a publicity stunt for, you know, for Denny Hecker and for us and was going to last a couple of weeks and get like buzz and people would talk about it. And um, it was over within 24 hours. Now, I got the blame for it. I personally got the blame for it from our promotions department. And the reason why was because we let this crazy motherfucker in and uh, we should have known he was crazy. Well, I certainly didn't do a mental evaluation and I don't think the guy was crazy. I think that's just he didn't realize and we didn't realize that anybody that he could do that. and there was no rules against it. I blamed at the promotions department because I said, "What are you thinking posting a 20 year old intern there? With no instructions on what to do if anything gets out of hand. Nobody to call in the middle of the night. The contest just ended. So that was something that really ruffled my feathers for a long time. Was that we got the blame for that commercial, that promotion being screwed up. And I really don't think it was my fault. I think that we tried to police it as well as we could. But we didn't We didn't anticipate that either. Sorry, just dropped my phone. Hold on, I'm bending over to pick up my phone. So there's that one. Um, I'll give you another one. When Pat and I were first, I'd say probably summer number two or so, uh, Patty Burtz was, he was like a young guy, like I was a young guy at the time. He was probably 27 years old, and we were up for anything. And remember, when I first got here, I was replacing Steve Cochran, who was loved by everybody, and for my first year, nobody really wanted to like me. It was kind of like if somebody in your friend group got kicked out And then I was the replacement friend. Or here's a better idea. If your friend or your sister divorced her husband and you really liked her husband, and then she married somebody that you didn't know anything about, I was that second husband. So it took me a long time to kind of win everybody's, you know, I don't know, trust or affection or whatever you want to call it. So uh, Pat and I did anything we could to make that show work. We worked so hard. I've never worked so hard in my life as I did the first couple of years I was here and we still work hard. But one thing we did, we said, we're going to ride the Excalibur ride roller coaster at Valley fair, a hundred and one times, not the wild thing. I don't think there was a wild thing back then. It was before the wild thing was built. Believe it or not, the wild thing has only been there about 20 years or so, maybe a little bit over 20 years, um, maybe 25. I don't know. Uh, but the Excalibur is kind of like toward the other end of the park and, You know, it's a great ride. Not as many people talk about it because it's not the wild thing. But we rode on this roller coaster and it was like a steel and wood roller coaster 101 times. We started after the show at about 11 o'clock one morning and we rode about 30 times and we started to feel sick. So we said, oh man, Pat, we're like we're one third of the way there. Let's take a break. So we took a break, got back on, rode 10 more times and now we were really sick. And... We were not doing well, and we still had another 60 rides to go. So uh, we took a longer break, and somehow we stomached it. We, we uh, toughed it out, and we just felt sick the rest of the day. Not like violently ill sick, just really queasy, miserable sick. And we got to the end of that, and we said, I'll never do that again. Never do it again. And uh, they made a plaque for us. That hung on that ride for a couple of years and then I went by a year or so after that and it was gone. But um, it was really cool while it lasted. Okay, here's the part of the the podcast where I'm going to reach for a cup of hot tea. A little tea break. I suggest you do the same. Reach for something. Hydrate. Go ahead. Here we go. Okay. Um, (laughs) That feels weird. But you know what? Podcasts are just kind of a different animal. You know, you get to do things like that. Anyway, um, there were a couple of more events like that. One was we called "Survive It and Drive It," and that was probably fifteen-ish years ago, where people rode the Wild Thing at Valley Fair. We loaded the car up with twenty people or however many people it hold. It would hold, and we rode. We they rode the Wild Thing all day. All night. I don't know if we made them ride it all night, but I think they had to sleep in the car. And then we started them up again at 6 o'clock the next morning. And then finally, there were two people left, and they were going to win a Toyota Scion. And a Scion is, you know, it's a cool car, but it doesn't really matter. It was a cool brand-new car. And uh, they would not stop. They just would not stop. And we're like, oh, my God, these two were going to go on for another week. Let's stop this. So we got them both a brand-new Toyota Scion and i really like that that was really cool i really miss doing things like that we did another thing where we did the backstreet biffy when the backstreet boys were the uh, peak of their game we had a biffy a portageon uh at ridgedale mall one of those that would you know that was would hold a lot of people and we put probably 15 people in there or 10 people and they had to like live in there and i don't know if they had to go to the bathroom in there or what but whoever came out last also won the backstreet boys tickets what else have we done? I know I've got some written on my phone here, so let me pull one out. Uh, these are just some of the historic things that we've done at KDWB over the years. Hold on one second. Um, okay, we talked about Pat at Niagara Falls, um, uh, the roller coaster marathon. Um, uh, I'll give you two more. And uh, uh, one of them was the commercial Everybody Hated. When I first got here, Lee Valzik and myself did this big commercial where we were upside down in the studio, but the camera was turned so it looked like we were right side up. The gag was when we would drop something, it would fall up because we were literally upside down. When we would pour coffee, it would pour up toward the ceiling because we were upside down. And we thought it was so clever and we were so proud of it. We thought, my God, this is going to set the world on its ear And people hated it. They hated me. They didn't care what I did. Let me tell you, it was rough when I first got here because I had never been really that disliked before. And even some people in the building were very resistant to me being there. And I really had to work. And that was a really tough time. That was not a very pleasant time. Um, I had the support of a lot of great people and a lot of great people who believed in me. But at the same time, it, it sucked. It was not a whole lot of fun. And then there was one other one. I was giving Lee Valls a hard time uh, because we used to do live concerts in the parking lot of the radio station. And not a whole lot, but we had a few. We had Foreigner there one time. Now, Foreigner, legendary classic rock band from the 70s and 80s. And in the early to mid-90s, they were still doing their thing. You know, they didn't have any hits, really, but they were still doing their thing. Um, and um, Foreigner came and was per- performing In the parking lot. Now remember these are legendary guys that were probably as big as any other rock band in the late 70s or early 80s. They had huge hit songs. Um, If you know them you appreciate it. If you don't know them there's nothing I can do to explain how big they were. So they're performing in the parking lot and Lee Valsvik was in the studio upstairs and the plan was they were going to perform and then Lee was going to take it live on the microphone and go into commercials so, Foreigner performs, leaves up in the studio, can't hear us talking to her at all, and she's like, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, that's Firehouse, give it up for Firehouse, thank you so much, Firehouse, for being on our show, and these legendary rock veterans in Foreigner are looking at me like, what the fuck, Firehouse, well, maybe you don't remember Firehouse, they were a band that had some songs early in the 90s, they were, you know, they did okay. They were never huge. They're definitely not a household name. They had a song that went, Finally found the love of a lifetime. One to last the whole life through. Something like that. So, And Lee had no idea because nobody could get her attention to correct her. And we were so embarrassed and we felt so stupid. Um, but um, uh, well, what could we do? And Lee felt so embarrassed after that that she wouldn't even come outside to say goodbye to him Um, so there's just so many little different stories and I've talked to some of the people who work at KWB back in the day and I'm like give me some more stories from the history of KWB what a colorful radio station it's been over the years and um, you know it still is Uh, we have a smaller staff now, we have a smaller budget now, but I think it makes things more interesting and more challenging because we have to do things that are really more entertaining. We don't have the budget of some other radio stations. A lot of radio stations have a big budget. They can buy big billboards, they're in the urinals, they're in the bathrooms, they're on the side of buses. They have all kinds of things to advertise. We don't have that anymore, but you know what? We're a gritty radio station, we're a survivor radio station, and we're still plugging along doing our thing. I'm going to give you one more thing here. Uh, and that is, there's a trend this weekend, you know, these trends come and go so fast that by the time you listen to this, if you listen to it in a week, the trend will probably have passed and be like, Oh God, that's so last week. It is posting on Facebook, your senior picture. And uh, so I posted mine. I'll put it up on the, um, take a shower page also, but I looked at my senior picture. I don't even keep it out where I can see it. Why would I? You know, I think you look at pictures of yourself from back in the day and you go, I think I'd rather have a current one. If I'm going to put a picture of anybody in the family on display, I'd probably rather have a current one. Um, Like I've got Carson's senior picture and I've got Allison's wedding picture because they're much more current. But I found my senior picture and I looked at it and it brought back a real flood of memories that I don't really revisit very often. You know, listen. Senior year in high school was a long time ago for most of us. Maybe it was five years ago. Maybe it was 15 years ago for you. Longer than that for me. Um, but I still remember it vividly. And uh, I remember a couple of things going through my life at my, during this senior picture. Um, uh, number one, I was so shy and so terrified of girls there was only one girl in school that I would talk to, and her name was Jill, and Jill was in my radio class, and we talked about Jill um, a couple of podcasts ago, and she was in radio, and she was the girl in my class that everybody liked and she was friendly to everybody and um so but I didn't have a girlfriend back then. I had such bad skin that it really screwed with my confidence regarding everything. If you have ever had bad skin, you know how much it screws with your confidence. I look at kids now that have bad skin, and my heart breaks for them. Just breaks for them because it really is hard. And I had probably about as bad as acne as you could get. And um, uh, I knew that everywhere I went, no matter it was my mom and dad's friends looking at me, or people at the grocery store looking at me, or the you know the person behind the counter at the gas station. I know that the first thing they noticed about me was my skin. So when I got those pictures taken, um, I got them back. I got the proofs back, the unretouched proofs. And I just wanted to cry because I looked so bad. It was just awful. And uh, I had nice hair, and I wasn't ugly, but the acne really was awful. And so they retouched it, and you look at it now, and you can't even tell. And I was like, wow, wow. That's a really big difference. It was a couple of years later when I was on Accutane uh, that really changed your life. It was a miracle drug. Anyway, so there was that, and then the other thing about that picture. I look at it, and the reason I bring this up is not to talk in depth about myself, but to make you think: What do I? When I look at my senior picture, what was I going through at that time? Was I going through a heartbreak? Was I in love with somebody? Were my parents getting a divorce? Did my grandma just die? Whatever it was. Um, look at your senior picture and if you can't find it, just think of your senior picture or your senior year and think, what was I going through at that time? The last thing for me was I was taking radio classes. And for the first time in my life, I was doing something really, really well that kind of seemed to be out of reach of the other kids in the class. And I remember that it was kind of like being able to, you know, shoot up like, you know, like, um, uh, I don't know, make a basket from half court. Most people can't do that, but I was consistently able to as a metaphor to make a, a you know to make a basket from half court in radio and it was easy for me and I looked at the people around me in my class and I thought for the first time in my life I'm the best in the room And I don't mean to sound immodest about that, but can you imagine? Maybe you've been through that feeling before, too. Maybe you played hockey and you were the best on your team. Or maybe you played basketball or you were in choir or in band and you were the best in your band or the best in your section. Maybe you were the best flute player in your section or the best tuba player in your section. And for the first time, I was. Listen, I was in band. I was usually parked right there comfortably in third chair, and I was okay with it. So that was kind of cool. So that's what I look at when I look at that picture. That's what I think when I look at that picture. So go look at your senior picture, post it, or just reflect for a little while. Hey, listen, distract yourself with podcasts, distract yourselves with movies, um, you know, whatever it is, sell stuff on eBay. I have found that we are so much happier when we are distracting ourselves and smiling and laughing and doing happy things. I appreciate you so much. Listen to this podcast. I truly do. Um, uh, the book is is still out there. And shout out to Chris Hockey from over at K-Fan. He's got a book, too. And he did an audio book. And I guess it's a great audio book. So you might want to check that out, too. He's my buddy. I don't know Chris that well, but he is one of the best-liked people in the building. And, um, you know, we, we love those guys. So uh, that is it. Send emails to... Dave Ryan at KDWB.com if you got all the way through the podcast I appreciate it love to hear your thoughts uh, thanks to you if you've come back and listened time and time and time again to the podcast I really appreciate you but if you're listening to the first time or the second time or the first time in months thank you so much um, check out the book take a shower show up on time and don't steal anything uh, I think it might have been sold out on Amazon check for it if you want to check it is also on Kindle and it is at itascabooks.com as well We'll see you next time on the podcast. Thanks for listening.